0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. In this episode, I'll be talking with an expert on a subject we all hear a lot about these days and that topic is data analytics. I'm Gordon Turtle with the CPA Education Foundation and I'll be your host for this podcast episode. If you're like me, you're probably wondering what data analytics are all about, why the subject has become so popular, and what it means to business and to all of us. To help sort all this out, joining me today is Adam Devaney, Senior Manager with KPMG in Calgary. Let's get to it and learn about data analytics straight from the CPA's mouth. 150,000 new businesses are created in Canada each year. But only... Emotional intelligence of is a critical leaders leaders skill for leaders. leaders. How do robotics, I develop... Emotional intelligence will take over analytics, big data, trend analysis... It needs to diversify its economy. But how do we do that? Create new opportunities for young innovators... Yeah, this account for 77% of all private jobs companies. created in Canada.
1: Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth.
0: Given that we're still in the world of COVID-19, this podcast is being recorded over the phone. I happen to be in Edmonton. Adam's in Calgary. Good morning, Adam. How are you doing?
1: Hi, good morning, Gordon. I'm, uh, I'm doing excellent this fine morning. Uh, how are you?
0: Good. So, I just learned earlier today that you were one of the first ever uh, CPAs to get your CPA only designation right after unification back in twenty fifteen. How did it feel to be a pioneer in the world of chartered professional accountants in Alberta? It
1: uh, it certainly was exciting to uh, to say the least. You know, it was it was kind of interesting being kind of one of the first through that program. Not necessarily, you know, knowing exactly how how uh, the unification would Necessarily shake out in, in practical terms, but nevertheless, it you know was a an interesting experience and and you know one I, I certainly am proud to have gone through to this day.
0: Well, that's great to hear, and thank you again for joining us today. So let's uh, dig right into this topic of data analytics. I guess we should start with just an explanation of what data analytics is and why it's important to understand um, its role in uh, in the in the world today. Can you talk a bit about that? Absolutely, I, you know I, I think
1: data analytics. Where, where I'll actually start this is is data analytics is is you know a real umbrella term in terms of the fact that it encompasses a whole wide array of methods and techniques that ultimately speak to the practical application of of how technology and really an ever growing accumulation of data uh, is better able to answer questions and solve practical problems and. You know, I think at least when I think of data analytics and certainly having grown up, you know, and, and started my career, you know, in the past 15 years, one of the concepts that I think is almost synonymous with data analytics is a sort of concept of science fiction. Uh, that You know, we're really talking about something that is somewhat ethereal that, that people can speak to and and. and certainly can discuss but when it comes to actually implementing and, and and utilizing is something that maybe is 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 lacking to a certain degree and you know the, the the fact of the matter is over the past 10 years 15 years you know data itself is is growing and it makes it increasingly challenging for businesses of, of really of any sort to really make sense of what that data all means and to kind of give a few examples you know it, every 60 seconds you know i think 150 Million emails are sent, and million text messages are sent, and over 200,000 hours of video on YouTube and Netflix are consumed. And that proliferation of data, both within our business and personal lives, makes it increasingly difficult to analyze and make sense of. And that's that's where data analytics, practically speaking, come in. Is how can we ask better questions? How can we inform ourselves better? And how can we solve practical problems uh, given this sort of explosion? of data.
0: So 150 million emails a minute, did you say? Every 60 seconds, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I think I get half of those, but... um, (laughs) So, Adam, how can data analytics generate value for organizations as we come out of this whole COVID-19 global pandemic? Well, hopefully we're coming out of it anyway. And, And how can organizations implement data analytics into their businesses?
1: Yeah, it's an excellent question. And I think obviously one that's, that's very topical for, for, for right now, especially for, for Alberta and, and for Western Canada. I would say, you know, when I, the way I break that down is when I think of data analytics, essentially what you, what, what you really get are two main benefits that, that I think obviously can be broken down further. But the, those benefits at the end of the day are data analytics allow you to drive better insights from your data. you know it, it allows you to drill in not only deeper, uh, but more meaningfully into that data to make sense of and understand uh, what that data means. But it also allows you to get that data quicker. It allows you to drive those insights in a, in a more timely and, and, uh, and efficient manner. And so if I think about COVID-19 and what businesses and, and certainly what KPMG and what my clients are currently going through is there's sort of this renewed focus on Specific areas of, of, of these organizations, and 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 they're being asked to do more, or at least equal, with less. In Alberta specifically, I don't think there's any secret or any surprise that both the downturn of oil and commodities, as as, as well as with COVID-19, has had you know very difficult impacts to to um, to unemployment rates, and so businesses are having to do more, or at least an equal amount of work with with, with less people, and and so I think with where data analytics really fit into that is, you know, the ability to, you know, handle more volume of data to, to increase the extent of an analysis that's being done um, with less resources, with, with less people, and to do so uh, with agility, such that, you know, that analysis can be conducted and, and, and visualized in a way to identify meaningful trends that ultimately have value. And, and where I've seen this in, in perhaps my personal experience and where I, I see this with a lot of my clients currently is you know that there's all sorts of business applications but there's also really meaningful human applications as well and where I, where I think to that is the 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 effects of the pandemic let's just say on mental health right is, is something that I think as you've seen in the news recently it's, it's something that's incredibly impactful and mm-hmm. one of the things I'm doing on on my teams currently is you know, how can I analyze, you know, within a, within a given audit file, for instance, can I analyze how certain documents are being prepared, the time it takes for those documents to be prepared, the number of review notes that are being left on those working papers, and then mirror that with, well, what is it actually taking in terms of raw hours for people to uh, complete those assignments? And you can identify trends to say, well, you know, this particular person on the team, typically would take x amount of time and would do so with x amount of quality and you know over the past three months over the past four months that's declined rapidly or there's been a change in terms of someone's performance and based on their attitude that you you might notice when you're working with them you might be able to identify well do we need to have a like does someone need to have a conversation with this person have we reached out in the right way are we making the right strides with that person um, in in light of that and that's you know, a very human application to what is a you know a, a, a technological issue um, more than anything. You know, but beyond that as well, what I what I'd really say is, you know, I think there, there's no surprise that there's sort of a financial pressure and 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 you know, companies in Alberta and and, and certainly in Canada for that matter are really feeling you know the squeeze and, and the impact of the pandemic on on their businesses and so. You know, in that same vein of thought of having to do you know, more equal with, with, with less, you know, I think companies are really watching their cash flow. They're really watching their bottom line yeah. to ensure that they can continue to exist and, and continue as a going concern even in this pandemic. And you know, one of the things that you know, I, I've seen and actually implemented on some of my clients is you know, going through and looking at an extremely granular level Where are their cash flows coming from? How are those cash flows uh, being received? Are they being received on a timely basis or or, or otherwise? And being able to identify specific counterparties, specific transactions that are maybe at a higher risk of of default or non-payment, to be able to have those conversations with my clients who say, A, how does this fit into your overall going concern assumption, as well as your, your underlying expected credit loss, uh, assumptions and, and impairment testing, et cetera, but more so from a, from a conversational perspective to identify specific ba- balances and a value-add capacity to really uh, you know, derive that insight and to be able to provide that insight uh, specifically and meaningfully to their business.
0: Yeah, so from what you said, it sounds like data analytics isn't like a, a mechanistic process. It requires kind of human evaluation and assessment and interpretation and all that. So, it, it's not a it's not a mechanical process. It's more of a, a thought process as well. Is would that be fair to say?
1: You know, I I think you've you've really hit the nail on the head there, and I, I'd agree with that because without trying to break this down um you know in a in a ridiculous way theres there's the data aspect and then there's the analysis right there, there there's two elements to to that term, and there's obviously a technological and you know a computer based side of 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 that discipline but in the same in the same lens you know there's also this idea that you have to be able to make sense and 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 to be able to interpret the results of that analysis as to make necessary corrections and, and to, to point out, you know, the, the way forward in which the data is leading you.
0: So excellent uh, way to put it. So based on that, then, like, how can a person train to become a data analyst? Obviously, it requires that that human input. Do people take courses in data analytics? Or do you get degrees in it? Or, or how do you learn to become an expert in this field? Yeah,
1: and it's, it's a, a, an excellent question. And I think it's, it's one that I think given, obviously, the field of data science is not a new one. This has been around for for certainly for decades. But the proliferation of the field and, and its integration as a key element of businesses, much like an accounting department would be or a procurement team might be you know, data scientists are finding their way into organizations in, in very meaningful and integral roles. And so the question I think a lot of businesses have right now is, well, how, how do we go out and find the talent? How do we go out and find the resources that have, you know, the, the, the interest and, and the, 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 the background and the education behind them as to accomplish that? And I, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's frankly, I don't know if there's an easy answer to that. And I think it's a real challenge that's being faced uh, right now, with businesses, what I, what I can speak to would be kind of my maybe my personal story or my background and how I yeah. kind of ended up in the role that I'm in is 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 kind of one of haphazard circumstance, uh, you know, it, one of, uh, of certainly not of design, but but just sort of I've I've kind of always been interested in in, in this field and suddenly happened to find myself in, in that role based on that interest alone, and you know, I attended the University of Calgary. Truly, had no idea what I wanted to study at the time. Somehow, I think, like many people, ended up in accounting, but still sort of had this underlying passion for technology and for for data science to make data-driven, you know, responses to problems that are being faced. and And, and a scientific approach to to tackling those problems I think is really important. And upon graduating and starting to work at, at KPMG, I was serving public companies as an auditor and you know as i was sort of doing that i'd identify specific procedures or specific um processes that that we might undergo as auditors and asking myself is there not an a more efficient way to do this and I, I that actually may come from just a personal laziness on my side to say i i don't like the manual effort hmm. that's involved in a lot of these processes there's got to be a better way to do this and so for for me at least on my behalf it, while i was going through obviously the cpa prep process and And certainly, as I was going through um, my day-to-day job, I would spend evenings and weekends, you know, refining and working on, you know, small RPAs or robotic process automations or digital automation in any way that I could to integrate those into my audit procedures. And ultimately, I think that sort of snowballed and people started to take notice, you know, that that was really neat. And hey, how did you get that done that fast? And, And hey, how did you identify Uh, this because we've never historically seen that before and that's a really good catch and I think as people started to take notice next thing you know here I am you know a decade later such that you know about half the time I spend now uh, auditing as a senior manager with KPMG the other half of the time I now spend coordinating and and, and leading our local uh, and national innovation objectives and have sort of stumbled. into that role. Now, to answer the second part of that question, I am currently in the second year of a Master of Science uh, program in Cognitive Analytics with Simon Fraser University. And and so I have chosen to take that sort of personal interest, if you will, in in data science uh, to a more formalized uh, post-secondary degree. But for the average person or, or certainly for a CPA that's looking to kind of dip their toes into the water. I, I think there's a whole host of post-secondary programs at the University of Calgary, University of Alberta, certainly Simon Fraser, as, I, as I've mentioned. But, you know, I, I think there's almost a, a thirst or a, a curiosity for, for for implementing innovation and, and trying to implement uh, data-driven solutions to common problems that we're all having that, you know that that's where I'd I'd really try to foster, and that's what I'd almost try to focus on. Is is like I think in my view that's that's the true driving force behind whether you know, but behind that sort of uh, self-interest, if you will, to to, to go out and actually uh, better yourself and to to continue to drive, if you will, that 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 sort of knowledge or or, or ambition that someone may have.
0: Wow. So what's the name of the master's program you're in again?
1: I'm in a master science program in cognitive analytics, and it's through the Beattie School of Business at Simon Fraser University.
0: Oh, okay. So it is interesting then that there are now formal education paths you can take in this field. So yeah, good luck with that. That sounds really interesting. So based on what you've just said, it, it, I guess the answer to this next question is kind of self-evident. But if you're a, like currently a business student at post-secondary in Alberta, and you're thinking of uh, Getting your CPA designation after graduation—is it important for people in that situation to learn about data analytics at that undergrad level if they can? Yeah, and it, it's an
1: excellent question. I, I, I think where I would start with that is if I think about what is required of a first-year staff accountant who, you know, is starting work. Uh, KPMG in Calgary, for instance, and I'll, I'll just speak to what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I expect and what I require of that first-year staff accountant is a true understanding and willingness to at least develop in 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 the data analytics space. And what what, what I mean by that is our audit practice here locally has undergone a fairly significant transformation, even in the past five years, where we've gone from data analysis being a Small or um, more ancillary component of what we do in an audit. To now, the vast majority, the, the very vast majority of our audit clients use at least one substantive replacing data analytics procedure. Hmm. And I and I don't mean I don't mean a you know a, a, a like a small or just sort of an add on or a tack on uh, value additive procedure. Like like for instance, like a journal entry cat or a, a journal entry computer assisted audit technique but what I mean is truly a substantive procedure replacing uh, data analytics so i e something that is you know taking the manual vouching out of the first year's hands and putting it into a computer to model um, and I would say the vast majority of our public audit clients here in Calgary use at least one and many use far more than that and and that's where I, I'd look to go back to your question. When I look at a first year staff accountant, like this is, this isn't, again, it's not science fiction. It's not the future. It's, it's the present. Hmm. And so, you know, the, the imperative to understand and the imperative to uh, be able to function at that, like, we're not talking about an ancillary part of our business. This is a mainstay baseline. This is table stakes for hmm. our audit engagements currently. And, and so, that's where I would look at a, a first year staff accountant and go, you know, this is a, this is a part of your job. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's not a matter of self-interest. This is a part a part of your job now.
0: Hmm.
1: And so, you know, and, and maybe the, the best way to even explain this is, you know, we've had, you know, I'll give two very quick examples. We've had two first year staff accountants in the past year that work with me on my team. One of which, in light of COVID, has gone out and built, built out a, a, um, a dashboarding tool that essentially analyzes bulls of accounts receivable and subsequent receipt payments from a client's system, analyzes to identify at-risk balances and at-risk customers, and then builds that into not only an expected credit loss uh, expectation, but also a, an expectation of you know stale-dated Uh, balances that we might need to speak to the client of that's a first year, like that's a first year staff accountant and fresh out of university has gone out and independently built this. And it's now being implemented as of Q2. I think we've gone out and implemented that on about 15 of our public audit clients, um, you know, seemingly over the course of a month. And she took about two weeks to go build that. Another one of our, our, and this gentleman was actually an intern, like this this we're not talking about someone who's graduated we're talking about someone who's still in their undergraduate program mm-hmm. um, again he's an he was an accountant he's a he's a a bachelor of commerce student he went out and built out an automated solution for addressing reaggregation risk in an audit so for those who are unfamiliar the idea of reaggregation risk is you know if you if you're testing a revenue account and you split it out three different ways um, and you're testing three different revenue streams that all comprise the consolidated revenue balance and you need to evaluate at the end of your test work to say well did you test enough of each of the three streams such that if you aggregate the untested balances of each of those streams do they accumulate aggregate to something that's that's meaningful that you care about and it's a very tedious process for an auditor to do especially on large group audit engagements that are uh, have multi geographies to them and, 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 and have a high degree of complexity. This intern went out and built a tool that goes in uh, goes into each basically each working paper in the file, identifies what was tested and what was untested by the auditor, and then stitches it all together and aggregates it at the end. And he consolidated a process that would probably take three to four weeks of collective time in the middle of February as everyone stressed out. and he he translated that into a procedure that takes about two and a half minutes to run, right? And so that the these are these are our first year staff accountants and our and our interns that are going out and building these things practically, you know, with with in many cases limited background or experience in data analysis.
0: Wow! So hearing about these young students uh, makes me feel very stupid all of a sudden. But that's fantastic to hear that university students and and new people in the accounting profession are are so advanced in their knowledge of uh, how to apply data analytics. So. I just want to switch gears a bit, Adam. Are there applications for data analytics outside of business? Like, can people use uh, the concept or the process at home or in their hobbies or or personal lives? Are there ways to use it in in those kinds of situations?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think data analysis at its core is is really just the medium of which you're, or it's really the lens in which you're viewing the world, right? It's it can be applied almost uh, regardless of whether you're dealing with for-profit, not-for-profit, home use, whether you're dealing with industry A or industry B. It really has a universal application that way. And and I think where I'd actually even kind of maybe take that, that, that question a bit is I think people would be surprised on the amount of, of, of data analysis that's in behind their everyday life at home. Hmm. You know, I, I think... You know, there 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 would be, I think, a considerable amount of business intelligence and 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 certainly at least of of just digital automation that's occurring behind the scenes. You know, for instance, when you're, let's just say you're you, you've got a, an electricity service provider, and, and that electricity service provider is able to tell you down to the megawatt hour by hour what you spent, how that trended in with the rest of your your neighborhood, how that trended in with the rest of the city, how that trended in with your historical patterns um, and how that all holds together. Like that, that fundamentally, perhaps not so sophisticated, but fundamentally that, that sort of time series analysis and accumulation of data into the meaningful insights is one that I think everyone would see when they open up their bill at the end of the month and yeah. look at how much they, how much they, they owe their service provider. You know, I, I think the same thing would go at, I've seen certainly in 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 smart homes. Right, I I, I recently just for some background, I, I recently purchased uh, a smart home here in Calgary, and and the integration that this home has within of itself is, is absolutely incredible to the point where I'm able to monitor, you know, down to the fraction of a liter how much water I'm consuming to water my lawn or to to shower or to run the dishwasher. And, and, and I think that's realistically, and, and, this, and this is, I think, a, a really important thing to note and, and to distinguish. Formerly, all this data, it, it's not that it didn't exist. It's just we didn't do anything with it. Right. right? It, it sat there. It, it sat idle. And the, the, the whole point of, of data analysis and where we're seeing this you know, really grow as a, as a medium of, of technology is we're now able to take that data that's, that, in many cases, has always been there. And now use something with it and to derive something with it such that you're able to realize, oh, you know, what is my dishwasher leaking? Uh, Or conversely, should I, you know, should we expand into the Bolivian market segment? Because that's where we think the highest margin is, right? the, The questions that you're answering can vary. The data at the end of the day is typically there. And this is just the way that we derive those insights.
0: Well, I think we're going to have to do a whole separate podcast on the smart home thing because it sounds really interesting. And I've heard a lot about them, but uh, (laughs) I don't think I've ever actually met someone who owns one. So we're going to need to start wrapping up here in a few minutes. But I wanted to ask, obviously, in your position at KPMG, you can kind of see what the accounting world needs and new types of accountants and the new generation of accountants. Um, Besides this ability to work in the area of data analytics, what are some of the other top skills you think, from your perspective, um, CPAs should be acquiring to remain competitive in the marketplace over the next few years? Anything jump to mind?
1: Absolutely. I I think the tenets of of, of CPA and and understanding or having a financial literacy is is literally invaluable. If you're... You know whether you're knee deep in, in data analytics or not. You know that that literacy is going to be continue, and I b- will believe continue to be extremely relevant. I, I think where I see you know data analytics certainly having a lot of overlap uh, with with uh, some of the CPA competencies is is a stress on critical thinking. I would say without a doubt, even outside of a of a of a formal or or you know, university-based education program and data analytics, critical thinking is, without a doubt, the most important skill that young CPA or, or university students can be looking to develop. Hmm. And, and where I'd actually kind of go with that is is the idea behind looking at something that's unstructured, right, looking at data that's unstructured, being able to identify trends, make sense of, and integrate that data with what's occurring and, and to be able to, to, to make rational business decisions on the back of that is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly useful, and it's also a very difficult skill to develop it's, yeah. it's not necessarily something that you know can come easily to certain folks and, and certainly is, is one that maybe takes time to develop there's, an, there's a certain eye to it and i would I would really say even in and above you know having a background in computer programming or having an advanced degree in computer science like I, I, I think having that critical thinking skill is is so important. And, and just as kind of an example of that, like I think even just this past month, I read that Google, for instance, is uh, they've changed their hiring practice such that they no longer require applicants to have a university degree. Wow. Right? They, they, they're trying to adopt skill-based resumes. Like what are the skills that you bring to the table and what can you actually do beyond the fact of just having a university degree such that they theoretically could go out and hire you know a student at high school. And I, I think there's some... I think there's some some wisdom in that in the sense that you know the, the, the ability to make sense of and integrate your your knowledge of, of of business, and certainly for a CPA, your knowledge of finance in with the data that you're ultimately processing is incredibly important um, and, and, and one that you know I don't think can be understated.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, the, beyond that the you know out, outside of, of, of that, what I would really encourage anyone who's looking to develop into the space um, more to do is, is simply just always learn. Like, do not stop and continue to learn. I think uh, a mentor of mine maybe a, a decade ago gave me some advice and it stayed with me And is, is that, you know, if you're not spending at least 30 minutes a day trying to learn and trying to challenge yourself and, and uh, identify something new that you're interested in, follow that. You know, you're, you're doing yourself an incredible disservice. And so, you know, whatever that element is and, and whether it's technologically focused or not. And I, I think technology focused uh, learnings are, are a really important skill to develop for the future. But regardless, I think being able to challenge yourself in that capacity, spend 30 minutes a day trying to learn something is, is something that you can all take away.
0: Well, that sounds like a perfect spot to wrap up. I think anyone who's listened to this podcast over the last 30 minutes will definitely fulfill that uh, recommendation by learning something over that half hour period. Thanks so much, Adam, for filling us in on so many different aspects of data analytics. It's kind of a mystery to many people and uh, you've shed a lot of light on it for us, which I really appreciate. Just before I let you go, I wanted to ask you one more question. Um, What are your plans for the rest of the summer?
1: Well, I've, uh, I've got a few golf games that I need to catch up on. Um, <laughs>
0: can you apply data analytics on the golf course? Well,
1: th- th- there's, there's many things that data analytics can do. I think fixing a slice may not be one of them. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 would, I would like to say, I do. maybe going back to your home example, I, I do think I can probably track the number of three putts that I have over the course of the summer and, and see if I can't fix that over the winter break.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Well, listen, Adam, thank you so much for uh, for spending the time with us today, and uh, I wish you all the best over the weeks and months ahead. Awesome. Thank, thank you, Gordon. This episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth featured Adam Devaney, CPA and Senior Manager with KPMG in Calgary. Don't forget to subscribe to the Straight from the CPA's Mouth mailing list for exclusive content. Also, if you have any ideas for future episodes for this podcast or have any feedback you'd like to share with us, Email us at knowledgecenter@cpaalberta.ca, at cpaalberta.ca, or leave us a message on social media. That email address again is knowledgecenter@cpaalberta.ca. at cpaalberta.ca. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the Heshey CPA Knowledge Centre. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca foundation for more information on the Heshi CPA Knowledge Centre and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.